Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey, Daniel, do particle physicists ever make mistakes? Oh, yeah, all the time. One time I ordered licorice ice cream. Big mistake. <laughs> I once had garlic ice cream. That was that was probably a bigger mistake. <laughs> Do you know they make garlic ice cream? Yeah, they have pretty experimental flavors sometimes with ice creams. What I mean is, have physicists ever written papers that, like scientific papers, that turn out to be wrong? You know, it does happen. Uh, the most famous example comes from the maybe the Opera experiment, which in 2011 claimed to have measured neutrinos going faster than the speed of light. Wow. Turns out they just had a cable loose, and when they jiggled it, all the numbers got back into sync and everything was traveling happily less than the speed of light. Oh, man. Particles can't travel faster than light? Probably not. But you know, if particles could travel faster than the speed of light, physicists are already set up with an awesome name for them. Oh, yeah? They have a good name for this far faster than light particle? Is it called the the garlicino or the (laughs) the (laughs) licorons? Licorons. (laughs) That's like a terrible pun, like a not safe for work pun. Hi, I'm Jorge. And I'm Daniel. And welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe a production of iHeartRadio. In which we take the universe and explain everything in it to you, including things which might not be possible. That's right. Things that are tasteful and nice and things that are maybe a little tacky. (laughs) Things which stretch the boundaries of understanding. Things which might even break the laws of physics themselves. Today on the program, we're going to talk about... Tachyons. Are they real? What are they? Are they really tacky? 
<laughs> what are they on? <laughs> Who taught them their st- sense of style? Exactly. Um, tachyons are a fascinating concept because, first of all, theori- from a theoretical physics point of view, they're interesting. Like the idea for a tachyon is a particle that travels faster than the speed of light. Mm. And so that already is like immediately arresting. Like, is it possible? How would that work? What would it mean? Right. But they also exist in science fiction. So this is a particle that uh, it exists in the minds of physicists, but we don't know if it exists in the real world. Yeah, exactly. And it's a really interesting history sort of of the idea. There mm-hmm. was a short story written by somebody in which they had particles going faster than the speed of light. So it started in science fiction. Uh-huh. And then there was a physicist that read that story and thought, hmm, could you do that? Would that be possible? And sat down and sort of worked out the mathematics of it. And then gave it a name, called it a tachyon. Uh-huh. Um, and then more science fiction writers heard about that and thought, aha, well, this must be a real thing now. And now it's like everywhere in science fiction. And we hear <laughs> tachyons everywhere. It's like a cosmic bad case of telephone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just sort of an idea bouncing around. And you know, there must be something really to it if it's really resonating mm-hmm. in the minds of physicists and science fiction authors. You know, it's something tantalizing, something exciting, something people want to be true, right? Yeah. Because it, it would expand our kind of what's possible in the universe, right? Yeah, or it would expand the plot options available to science fiction authors, right? <laughs> yeah. If you can send particles fast in the speed of light and backwards in time and all sorts of stuff, then there's lots of things you can do with your plots. That's right. If you follow the laws of physics, all science fiction would be pretty boring, right? <laughs> That's right. You know, everything in the first scene, you can predict the whole story, right? Actually, I feel like a lot of science fiction is like that. You read one chapter, you know the whole story. You know the whole story, yeah. Did this writer come up with a name for the tachyon, or was it the physicist who read the story? No, it was the physicist. Um, so the story was a, a, written by a guy named Blish, and mm. the story is called Beep. It involves like messages from aliens that come in at the end of every message. There's a beep. And it turns out that the beep encodes like all future messages or whatever. Oops, I just spoiled the story for everybody. Anyway, (laughs) um, because parts of the message travel fast in the speed of light. And so then the physicist read the story and came up with it in a 1967 paper of this physicist named Gerald Feinberg. And so he coined the name Tachyon as far as I understood. But, you know, now it's everywhere. It's it's in pop culture um, everywhere you turn. Yeah, he should have named it after the author, the, the Blishion. <laughs> I don't think that something. would catch on quite as much, or the beepies. No, but you know, I, I read about uh, tachyons because they're part of the an integral part of the plot of one of my favorite comic books, and in fact, one of the most famous comic books of all time. Oh, Did wait, you know what is Jorge's favorite comic book? I'm dying to know. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Is it Banana uh, Man? He can throw banana peels from the tips of his fingers and make anybody slip? It's a licorice lady. (laughs) Licorice lady. Wow, there's so many not safe for work jokes I can make about the licorice lady. (laughs) Yeah, they'll they'll need to be beeped out. (laughs) Um, Exactly. Um, So tell me, what is your favorite comic book? One of my favorite comic books, and that uh, is one of the most famous comic books of all time, is Watchmen. Have you seen the comic book, or the graphic novel, or the movie? I have uh, read the graphic novel, and I have seen all 11 hours of the movie. <laughs> all different versions. Yeah, exactly. All, all the slow motion scenes that Zack Snyder added. Yeah, yeah. No, I love, um, what is it, Mr. Atomic, who can basically do anything at the end of the movie, so all plots can just be resolved by Mr. Atomic, if necessary. <laughs> is it that um, it? Doctor, Mr. No, Dr. Yeah. Manhattan? What's his name? Yeah. Dr. Manhattan? Yeah. Professor right. Atomic? I, no, I, I like your version better. 
Mr. Atomic. <laughs> that sounds uh, that sounds better. No, it's uh, Doctor Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan. Uh, there you go. Or Mr. Manhattan. I think Doctor Manhattan. And uh, yeah, so he he can see tachyons. So that that's kind of how he can, and he sort of exists in this kind of quantum, you know, uncertainty space-time kind of uh, mindset. So he can see the future, see the past. He sees it all sort of at the same time. Um, and so that's how um, the villain in the comic book, I'm not going to spoil it, kind of um, gets around this. He confuses Dr. Manhattan by adding a lot of tachyon interference. And so he can't oh, predict the future and he doesn't know what's going to happen. Mm, very clever, mm. yes. Yeah. Very clever. Mm. Um, you also see tachyons a lot in Star Trek, I noticed. There's like tachyonic pulses and tachyonic fields and all sorts of stuff. Wow. Anytime they need to go back in time or send messages back in time or whatever, they're, they're always using tachyons. Right. They just always sort of forget to say that these things are not real. <laughs> well, you know, they're real in the Star Trek universe, I suppose. They mm. don't really play with all the consequences. You know, if you really did have tachyons, a lot of things would break about modern physics. Right. Um, you know, I had a bit of a tachyonic experience today, actually, that just reminds me. Mm. I went to file some paperwork for my student who just defended his PhD, and he wasn't mm. in town, so he couldn't file it himself. So I went to this office in the basement and turned in these forms, and the woman at the desk must have thought that it was my PhD, because when I turned the forms, she reached out, she said, congratulations. Mm. Doctor, as wow. if I was getting my PhD at this moment. I thought, wow, all right, maybe I went back in time and now I look like I'm 27 again. <laughs> or maybe she wasn't wearing her glasses. That's another possibility. <laughs> it was a pretty dark basement, so I can excuse mm. her. Yeah, exactly. It's always in the basement. <laughs> it's always in the basement. But uh, his thesis was not on tachyon, so. Oh, but actually we don't know if they're real or not, right? Like we, It's a theoretical possibility, but we have no confirmation. Do we have confirmation that they can exist? We do not know that they cannot exist, right? But that's a pretty broad caveat because in general, it's really hard to prove the non-existence of something. Mm. And you can always say with an asterisk, like if all we know about physics turns out to be wrong or a special case of the uni part of the universe we're living in, then anything could happen, mm. right? So in general... It's pretty hard to say with a very, with absolute certainty something cannot exist. Hmm. But you can say, and we'll get into this more more deeply, that it'd be pretty hard to fold tachyons into our modern understanding of physics. Right. Maybe harder than choking down a whole scoop of licorice ice cream. <laughs> more unpleasant. Then you really wish you would you could go back in time. <laughs> you know, the the joke is my wife actually loves licorice ice cream. And uh, one time we went to an ice cream place and she ordered two scoops of licorice ice cream. And I saw her eating hers deliciously. She didn't tell me what it was. And I tried to take a bite out of it. And it literally like jumped out of my mouth. It was so <laughs> impulsive. It just, like, you know, wow. Ejected itself from my mouth. That's like your, your, your um, kryptonite or, or your tachyon <laughs> interference. Yeah, it turns out actually there's lots of things can defeat me, but one of them on the long list is uh, licorice ice cream, yes. Mm, one of them upsets your stomach. Yeah, or my tongue. Well, ta tachyons is, is it's kind of a cool name, first of all, tachyons. And, um, but, and, and we know it's in science fiction a lot. It's in comic books and science fiction. In science fiction, 
but uh, we were wondering how many people out there knew what it means and what it refers to. So I went around the UC Irvine campus and I accosted random students and said, hey, would you answer a random science question? And all of them said yes. And so I asked them about tachyons and uh, here's what they had to say. Um, have you ever heard of a tachyon? Do you know what a tachyon is? No. What's your best guess? It's a particle which gets emitted from a black hole. Yeah, right. go <laughs> is that it? No. Best guess? I would assume it has something to do with uh, space, out of space. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> No idea. Okay. Yeah. Not yet. No? I haven't heard of it. Okay. Yet. I've also heard it in a TV show. I okay. think it's in The Flash. Yeah. I think they talk about that, but I don't know what it is. But right. it sounds cool. It does sound cool. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Okay. Uh, no. no. A tachyon? I don't know what it is, but it sounds like something chemical. Okay. <laughs> something from Star Trek? <laughs> okay. That's literally as far as my knowledge goes. <laughs> I'm not actually sure if it's even real or not. <laughs> it could be entirely from science fiction as far as I'm aware. All right. Not a single positive answer. <laughs> not a single positive answer. A lot of people had heard of it, right? Some people had never heard of it, but some people heard of it in the context of science fiction or Star Trek or this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, and The Flash, right? I think they have it in the that TV show, The Flash. Yeah, The Flash must have it, right? Because he breaks all sorts of uh, laws of physics. Mm. It's basically the laws of physics break particle, right? Anytime you need to break <laughs> physics, just insert some tachyons. That's right. She just called it the plot holions. <laughs> it's the, the plot, plot fixions, right? <laughs> the plot eons. It's like, yeah, it's like filling a pothole, right? We fill potholes with tachyons, fill plot holes with tachyons. Yeah, so uh, it's done. Not uh, not a common name that people are familiar with. Um, so let's break it down, Daniel. Uh, but first, let's take a quick break. Physicists are famously sticklers for detail. And when it comes to the fine print contracts and hidden fees from wireless providers, I've learned that there's always a catch somewhere. So when I heard that the Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, where's the catch? But now I'm convinced there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online, so they cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass all those savings directly to you. So you can say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, draw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. All of Mint Mobile's plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash universe that's mintmobile.com slash universe cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see Mint Mobile for details the financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities but it can also be overwhelming to navigate especially when you're first starting out in life it feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole but don't worry you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own with the right tools you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from intuit like turbotax credit karma quickbooks and mailchimp Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. 
How do you feel about eating plastic? If you went to a restaurant and saw plastic on the menu, would you order it? Well, turns out that we're all eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic every week. Yep, that's right. The products we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. Yuck. Well, what can we do about it? Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's not complicated. Refillable cleaning products without sacrificing on design. Their products have a beautiful, cohesive style that looks great on your counter. My family got the sampler pack and it already smelled great when we opened the box. Everything works super well, stuff gets really clean, and it's all super easy to use. So it's no extra hassle in our lives and we feel great knowing we're generating less plastic waste. Blue Land has a special offer for listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash universe. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash universe for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash universe to get 15% off. Let's start with this. Uh, what is a tachyon? All right, so tachyon is a theoretical particle, right? It's an idea. It's an idea for a particle that can travel faster than the speed of light, right? And remember, mm. in relativity, we say nothing can travel faster than the speed of light. We say things that have mass can travel less than the speed of light. They can approach it. Things with no mass, like photons, they travel always at the speed of light, right? This, so there's mm. the speed limit to the universe, the speed of light in a vacuum. Tachyons are like, what if something could break that? What if something could move faster than the speed of light? How would that work? And what should we call it? So mm. that's what a tachyon is. I like how that's the second most important question about it. Not how will this revolutionize <laughs> our understanding and our ability to travel the cosmos. It's like, what are we going to call it? Oh, yeah, there's big fights over the names of stuff, right? You know, if you come up with a cool idea, you got to name it so it sticks, right? And you get the credit for it. You know, this mm. is that famous case in particle physics where two groups discovered the same particle on the same day and gave it different names, right? The same day. Wow. The same day, yeah. Oh, there's a whole lot of fun whisper stories about how maybe grad students in one group tipped off grad students in the other group. Anyway, they named it on the same day and they gave it two different names. And so now we call that particle the J Psi particle. We use both names because nobody can agree. <laughs> right? Really? People, you guys have fights about this? Like, I want it to oh, be yeah. called J. No, I want it to be called Psi. Like, it's, yeah, not, no, it's not even personal to them. Well, I think it is personal. The guy who called it J, he's Chinese. And I think um, J is, uh, looks like the Chinese character for his name. So I think he was basically oh, naming it after himself. But wow. no, these are like the kids of divorced parents, you know, end up with uh, long, complicated names. Mm. Anyway, yes, so naming things, very important. And as you and I have discussed many times on this podcast, physicists don't always do a great job of naming things. Like sometimes they don't even come up with a new name. They're just like, use a word that already exists in English that means something else to describe some physics thing, right? Like we have mm. particles that have flavor and color and like particles don't have actual flavor and color. So we should have yeah. come up with different words. So in this case, I think it's awesome that they actually came up with a new cool sounding word. Yeah. I, I think if you discover a quark, Daniel, you should call it a, a new flavor, licorice. <laughs> the, the, the disgusting quarks, the revolting quarks, <laughs> the vomit um, quarks. Turns out vomit is made out of little vomiton particles. Technically, that's true. Yeah. If you write it in a <laughs> physics paper. <laughs> right. So, um, but it's always fun theoretically to think about like, 
Mm. How could this work? What would it mean if we took the laws of special relativity and tried to use them to describe something going faster than the speed of light? What would happen? What exactly would break? How could we test it? That's sort of the point of attacking. Oh. So it starts with a, a hypothesis, like a, what if one of these particles could go faster than light? What would it look like? Yes, exactly. Exactly. What mm. would it look like? How do we see it? Could you like break two things at once so that in the end it's not broken, right? Like sometimes you have to break one law of physics and that has a consequence somewhere else. And you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll just break that one also and then things will be honky-dory, right? And so sometimes you can make big discoveries by breaking two things at once, right? You can reveal that there were two mistakes, two misunderstandings we had about the universe. That'd be like two Nobel Prizes in one afternoon. Wow. Two wrongs making a right. Yeah. And so that mm. actually sort of happens here. Um, and so as you folks listening might know, the interesting idea in relativity, one of the core ideas in relativity is that you can have infinite amount of energy. There's no limit on the energy a particle can have. Right? You can keep pouring energy into a particle. But there mm. is a limit on speed, right? So, right. for example, the Large Hadron Collider, we push particles using little waves so they surf and they get more and more energy. But then they approach the speed of light and they never really get faster. That doesn't limit us from adding more energy to the particles, right? Mm. It, it's kind of like an uh, infinite bucket almost. Like you can keep pouring energy into it, but the speed just won't, won't go over the speed of light. Yeah, and if you're a visual person, you can think of sort of a graph, right? Our basic idea of the relationship between speed and energy is that they're, they're um, directly connected, right? Um, as you go faster, you get more energy. And that's true, but then as you approach the speed of light, it sort of bends over and it asymptotically approaches the speed of light. So you can keep pouring energy in, but the speed never goes higher. Mm, okay. And there's this mathematical relationship. You can write it down. You can look at it on Wikipedia. Um, you know, it involves this complicated expression. It's like energy is mass squared over the square root of 1 minus v squared over c squared. And that's mathematically how you get that expression. But the cool thing is you can say, all right, well, what happens if you just plug in velocity is twice the speed of light? What happens mathematically? What does that mean? Oh, I see. Like, what if you um, cross over that line? What if you assume that you filled the bucket and went over? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's just playing around. This is what theoretical physicists do for fun. They're like, let's poke these equations and see what happens. And so <laughs> it does get interesting because on the bottom of the equation, um, mm -hmm. it gets the, the number inside the square root goes negative, right? So you have like square root of a negative number. And you're probably thinking, what? You can't have the square root of a negative number, right? Like what number when you multiply it by itself gives you negative two, right? Well, right. there's no real number. You have to go to imaginary numbers. Uh-huh. Which means that this, this particle is imaginary or it has imaginary mass, well, it means it has imaginary energy, right? Because the expression is energy is basically mass over this crazy velocity term. If that velocity term goes, goes imaginary, then the energy goes imaginary. And you're like, what? What does that mean? Mm. So this is what I mean by breaking two things. So then physicists thought, okay, well, what if we make the top part of the equation also imaginary? So we make the mass imaginary. Then you have velocity greater than the speed of light, imaginary mass, but real energy, like actual energy. So if you just say that this particle has imaginary mass, and let's get into what that means, but if you <laughs> say that it has imaginary mass, then the laws of physics technically don't break if this particle goes faster than light. 
Well, if, I don't know that the laws of physics don't break. We can talk about that a little later. It turns out they break other things also. But this one equation does hold, right? Mm. This equation for the relationship potentially between energy and speed does hold. But yeah, it requires you to have imaginary mass. And it also means for other really weird things. For normal particles, as the velocity increases, the energy increases, right? Right. In this case, if you look at the equation, as the speed goes up, the energy actually goes to zero. So the faster it goes, the less energy it has. That's pretty weird. Yeah, because everything in nature wants to have low energy. So that means this particle would just keep going faster and faster and faster to infinity. Exactly. So as it goes to zero energy, it has infinite speed. Like, what does that even mean, you know? Mm. So now you have a particle with like infinite speed and imaginary mass, but no energy, right? It's a pretty <laughs> weird thing. Uh-huh. But technically, maybe it could exist. Technically, maybe it could exist, right? There's some causality issues we'll talk about a little later. But that's sort of the concept. Like, that's the idea of a tachyon. And it's a fun thing to play with, theoretically. And, you know, this, before you think this is a waste of time, remember, this is how um, progress is made. You know, this is how, for example, antiparticles were discovered. People were looking at the equations and they were like, hmm, what if you flip the sign of this and flip the sign of that? It looks looks like this equation would also hold for opposite charged particles. I wonder if they exist. Let's go look. I see. And they did exist. And they do exist. Yeah. Yeah. This is a rich source of searching around for the corners of the, of the equations and seeing if they describe some actual physics that might be real that we just hadn't imagined because there's a lot of crazy stuff out there in the universe that we haven't conceived of. Well, it's kind of a philosophical thing because it, it's, it's, you're sort of saying that anything that can exist mathematically, so far, we think has existed, right? Like if, if the equations say that this is possible and doesn't break everything else, then you keep searching, you sort of, you, so far you sort of, you, you found it. Yeah, it's a subtle point, right? Sometimes we have mathematical descriptions of things and then we look at the mathematics, we're like, well, the math says that, but physics says no, right? Like sometimes a mathematical equation will have two solutions and one of them will be nonsense. And you say, oh, well, that's not physical, so we'll ignore it. But yeah, mm-hmm. then you have to wonder, is it really, is, is that, um, are we doing science there or are we just sort of like enforcing our, um, prejudices, right? Should we be more open-minded and explore all the possibilities of the math? And sometimes the math is all we have. Like, look at quantum mechanics. You can't even apply your intuition. You just have to blindly follow the math and say, well, quantum mechanics says a particle can appear on one side of the barrier and then appear on the other side of the barrier without passing through it. So, and then we do the experiments and it happens, right? So sometimes you just have to follow the math. Yeah. You're saying sometimes you have to be kind of open-minded and say, hey, what if mass could be imaginary? And let's see what happens then. Yes, that's exactly. That's the whole point, right? That's why you poke these equations, because it could just be our prejudice. It could be that the way we're thinking about the universe is determined by the way we have experienced it, which is, we know, not typical and not fundamental, right? So we don't Mm -hmm. want to be... Um, have our eyes closed because of the biases of the way we have lived and grown up, right? So we want to keep our eyes open. And sometimes the math is a very helpful guide. Well, I have a great money-making scheme for you, Daniel. It's called the Tachyon Diet. It makes your math imaginary. (laughs) Gee, I imagined you were fat, but uh, I guess I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just had the wrong perspective in physics. (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, so what's the diet? Run fast in the speed of light and Mm -hmm. uh, you'll lose weight. I think it's it's go back in time and stop yourself from eating all that licorice ice cream is. <laughs> you know, we're recording this podcast on pie day, so we should have done all these examples with pie instead of ice cream. Pie, licorice it pie. Works. 
Mm. Licorice pie. That sounds even gr- more gross than licorice ice cream, if that's even possible. Here, let's go back in time using tachyons and um, start over. <laughs> and replace, search and replace ice cream with pie. But hey, pie and ice cream go well together. So we'll start with ice cream and mm. we'll switch over to pie. And then the episode will be like a la mode. <laughs> yeah, they go well together. So, um, <laughs> so let's get into what they actually might look like. But first, let's take a quick break. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities. But it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. All right, Daniel, so that's a tachyon. It's a theoretical particle with imaginary mass that can go faster than the speed of light. So what what does that even look like? What would a tachyon look like? Could we interact with it? Yeah, here's where it gets really fun is you start to think, how could we see tachyons? What experiments could you build to detect them, right? And um, 
we think tachyons, you know, they have mass, though it's imaginary. Um, and we think we could interact with them. We don't know what kind of interactions they might have. But imagine that they're visible, right? That they interact with light. Then you can mm. think about like doing an experiment to look at a tachyon. This already gets really tricky because the tachyons are moving faster than the light they might be emitting. So you know how like an airplane moving through the air creates a sonic boom because it's moving faster than the sound it makes, right? Right. That means that you can't hear the airplane coming, right? If one of those airplanes is coming at you, then you're not going to hear it coming because the sound it's making is trailing behind it. Oh, so you, uh, it would just magically appear to you. Yeah, so it's the same thing for a tachyon, right? If a tachyon is moving and it's moving faster than the speed of light and it's coming right at you, you wouldn't see it until it's on top of you, right? Wow. It would, it would just appear to you. That's just bad manners. I mean, that's just tacky, you know? <laughs> that's right. It's tacky and it's on you. That must have been how they got the name, right? I'm guessing, yeah. I got hit by a tacky and I spilled my licorice pie all over my suit. Let's just show up at this guy's house and be like, is this why you came up with the name? Have some pie. (laughs) Yeah, in fact, fact, you would see the tacky on, but even weirder than it just appearing all of a sudden is it would look like it's going away from you. What? Yeah. When you see something moving away from you, what you're really seeing are a bunch of time slices, right? You see it's closer to you now. It's a little further away from you um, a moment later. It's a little further away from you a moment after that, right? Oh, I see. Well, that's the order of arrival of images from tachyons. You would first see the photons that that it emitted when it was close to you before you saw the photons that it emitted when it was far from you. Exactly, exactly. So if you play that movie, your brain's going to be like, oh, there's a tachyon moving away from you, right? So mm. a tachyon, if you see a tachyon moving away from you, it means you just got hit by a tachyon. <laughs> but you would see it, oh, so you would see it, hmm, you, you almost see it moving backwards in, in time, right? Like it, yeah, exactly. You see it moving the reverse direction it's actually going. Hmm. So that's weird. That's pretty weird, right? It's weird for particles to look like they're going different speeds if they're coming towards you or going away from you, right? We're just not used to that. Right. And, and that's because of this weird feature that they travel faster than the information that they're sending, right? Well, that, that's kind of one of the reasons why physicists don't think you can even go faster than the speed of light because it, it would just be so weird. Yeah, exactly. It would break a lot of rules. But, you know, sometimes things are weird and being weird doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrong. You know, I think one of the really fascinating things is this question of imaginary mass that we mentioned earlier. Like, Yeah, I'm still hung okay. up in that. What does that mean? Yeah, well, <clears throat> what does it mean, right? And you have to think for a moment about what we mean by a particle's mass. When we say, a, you know, electron has a certain mass, what we mean is that the particle is, is stable, it, like exists, it could hang out for a little while. And um, we just did that episode about what particles are, and it turns out particles are not like the building block of the universe at all. They're just excited states of quantum fields, right? So what is a particle of of a certain mass? It's a stable excitation of a quantum field, meaning there's this weird jelly out there that knows how to wiggle, and it can wiggle in a certain way that sticks around for a while. Mass is kind of a marker of how stable the wiggles are. Yeah, exactly. So if you talk about a particle with imaginary mass, you're talking about strange wiggles going through this these quantum fields, right? These jellies... Um, wiggling in a weird way and not in a way that's stable, right? Imaginary mass does not mean it's a stable particle. It means it's something else and you're trying to describe it in terms of a particle and so you get a weird answer. 
You know, it's oh, like, I see. it's like if you use the language of one thing to try to describe something else, it doesn't really make sense, you know? So it, it, it's almost like we we have to stop using the word particle and just say it wiggles in a quantum field. And if you, yeah, if you just stop yeah. calling it a particle and just call everything wiggles in a quantum field, then you could technically have a wiggle that has imaginary mass. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it breaks your idea of what a particle is. But anyway, what your idea of a particle is, is probably wrong anyway, so... Feel free to break it all, smash it all to heck, you know. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. Um, Stop using yeah, the word exactly. particle. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. You know, particles are not fundamental, right? They are an emergent phenomena. They come from how quantum fields wiggle. And mm. uh, we don't know if quantum fields are fundamental either, or there's something else that makes them. But we do know the particles themselves are not fundamental because, you know, they can mm. be created and disappear. So tachyons are like a weird, different way for quantum fields to wiggle. And that's what imaginary mass is. It's this, it's a sort of a breakdown of a trying to describe quantum fields in terms of particles, right? It's saying you should look at this in a different way. Oh, but, but it could technically exist? Like a, would these fields could wiggle in that way? I don't think so. And, and the reason is that if you had tachyons, then these fields could wiggle in a way that breaks causality. Right. And so this is the physics, right? The math says it's fine. The math says there's no problem with it. You can incorporate this into special relativity. You get these weird things like uh, zero energy and infinite speed, but you know, the math is happy with it. Physics says no. Physics says, but we have these other rules. These other rules like causes happen before effects, you know, right. messages have to arrive after they're sent, not before, right? Uh, you have to be born after your grandfather, not before, this kind of stuff. We impose these requirements on the universe and on the laws of physics separately. Right. But why Why does the universe have to follow causality? Couldn't we, like you said, be open-minded and imagine a universe that is not causal? Yeah, I suppose we could, but it's sort of hard to logically argue for a non-causal universe because <laughs> logic requires causality, right? Well, I feel like you're saying logic requires logic, but what if um, yes, maybe the yeah. universe is not logical? Yeah, so you're saying like, could we describe, could we have laws of physics to describe a universe that doesn't have laws? I don't know how to do that. You know? <laughs> it's so fundamental to the way we think. It's a fundamental to the way humanity thinks, not even just about physics. You know, I think that we are storytellers. We weave all of our experiences into stories. And that's how we remember things and forget things and communicate to each other. That's how we build models of the world that are, that's outside our head. And right. stories are causal, right? They're, they're a narrative. I did this and then this happened. I sh shot this laser beam and then, you know, uh, this the wall burnt down or whatever. Right? I ate licorice ice cream and then I threw up, right? There's cause and effect. So you can write stories. I mean, science fiction, you can write stories to, that have tachyons in them. Do you know what I mean? Like you can, if you can imagine yes, and it, it and breaks, tell a story. And it breaks the story, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge plot hole. That's why I hate time travel in science fiction because it breaks causality, right? It doesn't make any sense. Mm. Okay. Well, let's break it down. What does it mean? Like, if this particle existed and it can go faster than light, what are some of the thing, cool things you could do with it? Right. So, in special relativity, if you have something that goes faster than light, what it means is you can break causality. You can kind of go backwards in time. Now, remember, we talked about special relativity in another episode. And something we talked about is how there's no universal description of how things happen, right? If, um, for example, if I shoot um, two laser beams, one to the left and one to the right, and I'm just looking at both, I can say, okay, they, the two laser beams hit the targets 
at the same time because the target's the same distance away. Somebody mm-hmm. else with a different speed might see those events happening at different times. They might say, oh, uh, laser beam one hit before laser beam two. And somebody else at a different speed might see laser beam two happen before laser beam one, right? So if you can change, so you can change the order in which you see things happening based on your speed. That just tells you there's no absolute truth to the universe, right? Right. Okay. So, um, okay. But those things are not causally linked, right? It doesn't really matter if, if laser beam one hits or laser beam two hits. Okay. But what if you just had the one laser beam and you press the button, right? Can the laser beam arrive? before it leaves, right? Can the laser beam hit the target before you've pressed the button? Those two things are causally linked, right? Right. It seems impossible for it to get there before you press the button. Well, it's causally linked if you go backwards in time. Do you know what I mean? Like, it arrived because in the future, I'm going to press the button. Yeah, but what if it arrives and then you change your mind? You're like, you know what? I'm not going to hit that laser beam button right now, (laughs) but it's already arrived, right? But if you change your mind, that means you didn't see it. Do you know I feel like this is a, like, you can pick a, a different movie to go with your theory. Like there's, a, there, there are the movies that <laughs> movie, <laughs> movies know. are not laws of physics. Man. <laughs> All right, fine. Graphic novels. Let's go with comic books. No, like seriously, the laser beam arrives, and mm. if later you still have a choice to make about whether to press that button, then you could choose not to fire the laser beam, right? And then, but the laser beam's already arrived. So how does that work? Mm. Anyway, the point is multiverse. The point is. Relativity covers that. Okay. Relativity says that for events that are not causally linked, where one could happen before the other, you can travel fast enough if you want that you could see either one happen first. But for things that are causally connected, where one has to happen before the other, like pressing a button on your laser and then hitting the target, there's no speed you can go to see the laser arrive before you press the button. To do that, you would have to go faster than the speed of light to reverse the order of events. And relativity says, you can't. Mm. But what if there wasn't the speed limit, right? What if you could shoot particles faster than the speed of light? Well, then you could go fast enough so that messages could arrive before they're sent, right? Laser beams could hit the targets before you press the button if you go fast in the speed of light. So it breaks causality. If if the light goes faster than the speed of light or if you send a message via tachyons? If you send a message via tachyons, yeah, exactly. Mm. Okay. And so tachyons, if they can travel faster than the speed of light, can sort of reverse the events, reverse orders of events so that effects happen before causes, right? Which is pretty oh. weird. Which is pretty cool. It would be pretty cool, sure, yeah. You know, like, hey, I already ate that pie. Now I'd like to go back in time and decide not to eat that pie. (laughs) (laughs) Then you could have eaten the pie and have decided not to eat the pie. And Mm. yeah, it would break the universe, but hey, at least you wouldn't gain those five pounds. That would be kind of tacky, though, if you did that at a restaurant. (laughs) Not if it's licorice pie, then I totally endorse (laughs) breaking the universe to avoid eating it. (laughs) So it's almost like an anti-telephone, like a... It sends you sends your message before you even think about sending the message. Yes, exactly. And that's what it's called. It's called a tachyonic anti-telephone. Exactly. Mm. If you had tachyons, you could use them to build a telephone that sent messages back in time. Exactly that way. Uh, that's what I should tell my kids. It's not that I don't want them to play with my phone. It's just that we're an anti-telephone household. <laughs> it's, a ta- it's an anti-telephone. Don't bring it near a telephone. It'll blow up. So you're basically saying that tachyons are are kind of impossible because it would break the logic of the universe. Yeah, and 
I mean, if you hold causality to be a fundamental principle of the universe, which I do, then it's pretty hard to believe that anything could go faster than the speed of light. But the math says tachyons could exist, and it's possible that we're wrong about causality, that it's just it's a prejudice that we've imposed on the universe because it's the way we think, and maybe the universe doesn't operate the way we think. Totally possible. Happened lots of times in physics that we've upended our basic understanding of the universe, right? And yeah. uh, been confronted by reality. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that was cool to learn what, what a tachyon is and how it's an imaginary or it has imaginary mass and it's theoretically possible, but uh, not likely. And um, uh, then you had the idea of, of closing this episode with a limerick. Yeah, I was doing some research about tachyons and I found this hilarious physics poem, right? It's not that often that you find physics and humor and poetry all together. And so I thought, <laughs> let's jump on Take the opportunity. Right? Sub, sub, sub genre of science fiction. <laughs> yeah, not many authors specialize in this area, but there is one. Uh, this is by a, a gentleman named Reginald Buller. And it goes mm. like this. There was a young lady named Bright whose speed was far faster than light. She went out one day in a relative way and returned the previous night. So there is your physics poetry. I noticed you didn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just hung up on that first line. Um, her name is Bright. That sounds like a like a plot hole to me. <laughs> I see. Mr. The Universe Follows the Laws of Television Shows and Movies <laughs> is now criticizing, <laughs> criticizing the physics poetry for not being accurate. Nice. Yeah, you know, how many, how many people do you know are called Bright? Anyways... I'm actually a member of an organization called The Brights. Hmm. I, I don't know what to do with that. Not joking. Um, all right. So thanks, everyone, for listening to this non-tacky episode about tachyons, for bending your mind a little bit. And remember that some of those crazy ideas that are in physicist's head and science fiction authors are writing about, they could actually be real. And one day we might discover that the universe is far, far stranger than we ever imagined. Yeah, and if one day you do discover tachyons, why don't you send a message to yourself backwards in time and let us know? <laughs> as soon as possible. That's right. Hey, we could do a test right now, right? Yeah. In the future, somebody mm-hmm. somebody discovers tachyons, send us a message to arrive right now. Did you oh, get a message? Wait, hold on. I just got a call. Wait, here, here we go. <laughs> let me let me pick it up. Hold on. Is it from a lady named Bright? <laughs> She's pissed at you for insulting her name. <laughs> <laughs> Ask her, ask her in the future if our podcast is a huge success. Okay, hold on. Let me text her. Oh, well, wait, my phone doesn't send things. Oh, wait, it does send things into the future, so. <laughs> yeah, it does send things into the future, just not backwards. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we hope you enjoyed that. See you next time, guys. Thanks for tuning in. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge. That's one word. Or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Thanks for listening. And remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.